Welcome to the Speaking From Our Hearts podcast. In this edition, we'll be talking about many aspects of life, particularly health, relationships and wealth-related topics, all from a heart-centred approach. Your host, Paul Lowe, has a long and successful history of helping others through his coaching and mentoring, as well as his many charitable initiatives. He's been responsible for positively impacting thousands of people's lives, particularly young people from challenging backgrounds. Paul is the author of the books Mastering the Game of Life from Pain to Purpose and Speaking from Our Hearts. Welcome listeners to the Speaking from Our Hearts podcast episode Today, I'm joined by a lady from the UK by the name of Hannah Sterling. Hannah, very warm welcome to you. Hi, Paul. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. And you're going to be speaking to us today, Hannah, I believe, around a title called Rebuilding After a Breakdown. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So, well, let's start the dance then and um, take us where you take us. (laughs) Okay, great. Um, So I have had a lifelong struggle with anxiety and panic attacks. Some of my earliest memories are of feeling anxious and that impending sense of doom that you can sometimes get with anxiety. It's something that I stumbled along with, if you like, and uh, tried to just carry on as if it wasn't there. I lived my life around the anxiety and the panic attacks. until last year uh, when everything came tumbling down. So um, I'm a mum of two small children. I have a job, um, a very busy part-time job around around the family. Um, And I'd been struggling for a little while. Uh, So after having the children, I had postnatal depression. But again, I'd done the same thing. I had tried to carry my life on as normal around all of my symptoms and my struggles. Um, and, and then last year, everything came crashing down around me. I had a complete breakdown. I, uh, I, I wrote letters to my children. I made a plan to end my life. And I was at absolute rock bottom. Um, I went to reach out. I reached out to my family for help. I reached out to the GP. Um, and... Unfortunately, while my family were fantastically supportive, uh, there was no help forthcoming um, in terms of uh, counselling, any kind of therapy or any kind of support from the GP other than medication. Now, I am not one of these people that likes to take tablets. Um, I rarely even take paracetamol for a headache. So uh, to be proposed with this list of medication to take was really really daunting for me at a time when I felt completely unprepared to be able to do any research to be able to even understand what the medication was going to be doing for me and it felt really really scary um, and frankly didn't help my already very poor mental state Um, and it was then that I realized that I was going to have to change my life if I didn't want to end it. And it was in the middle of the night one evening, everyone was in bed. I'd woken up um, as I often do in the middle of the night with the racing thoughts in my brain. 
Um, and I realised that the conditions were perfect for me to put into action my plans for my life. Um, I got out of bed, um, I crept around the house. And just as I was about to go out of the door, I realised I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to end my life. I just couldn't live that way anymore. And that was a real turning point for me because I realised it, in a way, it was even more upsetting because there was no way out. I didn't, I didn't want to, to take the only way out that I saw was possible. Um, and I spent, I spent the next day just in tears, in bed, not wanting to, not wanting to face the world. And it was then that that realization started to come upon me that if I wasn't going to do that, I'm going to have to do something because I can't live like this. I can't pretend that I don't have anxiety. I can't pretend that uh, I don't have panic attacks on a regular basis. And I can't pretend that the life I'm living is one that gives me that fulfillment, that sense of peace, that sense of joy. I was going to have to create my own joy. And that's when I started writing. I wrote every day. I started uh, I started a blog, so I set myself a real challenge to write every single day for 100 days. And it didn't matter what I wrote, but every day I had to sit down and I just let whatever was in my head pour out onto the page. And after a while, it started to help me have a bit of clarity about the things that were continuing to pop up for me, the things that I could perhaps look to do something about. And it was, it was when I was reviewing, I think I was about halfway through, I was sort of celebrating because I hadn't really believed that I could achieve 50 days, let alone the 100 that I'd set myself. And I, and I was reviewing what I'd done. And that's when I started to really uh, develop the concept of the three R's, which is my formula, if you like, for helping myself recover from uh, a downward episode or actually something that I can start to build into my life to, to keep well. And I started to understand that. So first, first of the three hours is rest. And I realized that that was, it's not just about sleep. It's about all of the things that you can do to give your brain that little bit of peace. So for me, Obviously, sleep is really important to help your body and your mind heal. But it was more about where could I find pockets throughout the day to give myself a bit of peace? Because my standard approach had so far been, I wake up in the morning, I go 100 miles an hour through my day so that the anxiety doesn't hit me. And I would just fill my day with tasks and racing from one thing to the next just to try and keep ahead of the anxiety and it was that it was when I understood that I needed to find those pockets of downtime that I started to change how I was living my life it started with I would go and have a really hot shower with I'd shut all the doors I'd asked my husband to keep the children away. I'd have a really hot shower just for five minutes and I could just breathe. 
and then I built in other things. I've been learning to meditate, which I'm finding really difficult, but it's really starting to help. And I've had to try a number of different techniques to find one that works for me and that I'm comfortable with practicing every day. And I started off just doing a minute a day and I'm just building up to gradually doing a bit more and doing it more frequently. And by having those pockets of rest, I started to be able to think about my life in a different way, to think about, okay, my next task is this. How do I feel about that? How can I make that easier for myself to deal with? And I started to understand that I was living my life just to get through it, just to survive. But by introducing those pockets of rest, giving myself that space to think and to feel, I was able to regroup, which is the second of the three R's, that connection with myself, the ability to regroup my thoughts and focus on actually what is the kind of life I want to lead? Where where do I see my place in the world? What is the joy that I can bring to others and how can I capture some of that joy for myself and and use that joy to to keep me going and the regroup step for me then developed into how can I capture that connection how can I grow that connection so that I can keep building on it until I'm living that vision that dream for the future that I want to achieve and so for me regroup became a series of activities that included things like writing journaling um, included things like just recording myself talking after a meditation about the things that I'd seen the images the vision that I'd had for my future um, and developed into also uh, reaching out and observing what other people do so there are uh, TV shows that inspire me, podcasts that inspire me, books that inspire me, and it, people to follow on social media that can help me to reconnect back to my my vision, my dreams for the future. And that regroup step for me is really, really important to make myself understand how the activities I'm doing each day will help to build me towards that kind of future. And the third step was about refocus. So it, for me, that was about being able to refocus on that goal, that dream, that vision for the future, and taking all of the inspiration that I'd had from regrouping and observing and really refocusing that on how can I turn that inspiration into a practical step, a goal, an action plan, a practical thing for me to do to get me one step closer. And, and that was how I pulled myself out of that really, really dark, desperate place. But just by gently, incrementally, it was a really, really slow process going through those steps and working my way through them again and again. And and I do that on an almost daily basis. So mm -hmm. there are some days when I'm struggling now 
and I can't get through all three steps, but that's fine. I'm okay with that as long as I start with rest and I focus on that. Then maybe tomorrow I can have a bit of rest time and then I can regroup, I can do something. And I just build it up gradually that way, giving myself the permission to not take it all at once, to not do that big leap. And that's been the biggest transformation for me is that kindness to myself, having a formula to follow so that when I feel lost and hopeless and like I'm drowning in everything that's going on around me, I've got something to hang on to. And that's what the three R's do for me. Okay, Anna, thank you very much for that. There's a number of, I mean, I listened intently there, so um, there's a number of things that uh, that I've made notes around as, you, as you've been speaking. Um, I think what's interesting for me there with your three R's is what I call a concrete model. Isn't it true that when we are struggling, and, and that's a very... Um, sort of catch-all words, struggling. So what does struggling mean? Well, that, that's different for all of us. When we're suffering is probably a better word. Um, we want to cling to... When, when Robbins talks about his six human needs and the first one being the need for certainty, in an uncertain world when uh, particular minds, you know, all over the place and, you know, we're in this anxiety, depression... Um, suicide um, thoughts, dark in a dark place, we need something to cling to, something that will give us that certainty because the overwhelm that goes with that, uh, that confusion is based on uncertainty. So we need something and that's why I call them concrete models. Um, and I listened intently, as I say, uh, Hannah, to, you know, to your three R's there. Um, I've done the same thing along my own journey. Um, indeed, my own sort of process now is based on the three P's, which is purpose, prosperity and philanthropy. Um, I developed one before that that stood me, was in my mind for years um, around the three L's, learning, loving, legacy. And I think the message here for listeners is, you know, whether it's Anna's three R's or whether it's Paul's three P's or three L's or you know, Fred, Joe or Bill's three A's, B's, whatever. It's, it's very much a personal thing that makes sense to us as individuals. It's, it's a certain stepping stone, hence the term concrete model, that gives us that certainty, Anna, in a world or in a phase or time of a life when we are very, very uncertain. Does, does that make sense? Absolutely. And, and that's the thing that... Um it's really difficult to find when you're already in that dark place. Mm. It, you, for me, it's that understanding that um, I've got it now. And if I ever start to feel myself going down that road, I, I've got it to cling on to and hopefully pull myself back out of it. So how can you help to do really small things on a daily basis to help you stay well um, and so that you've got it there if ever you should need something a bit more to help pull you out of the dark place. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And I suppose the the overriding, um, and you made a very good point there, Hannah, because when you're, you know, at what I term at the bottom looking up, it can be very, very, very difficult 
to find the answer. I mean, the answers are within, as we know, but that can be very, very difficult unless you've got a guide, a co-pilot, you know, a coach, a mentor, call it what you will. Um, somebody just to, you know, metaphorically push that first domino over because when we're alone, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy of, of you know, doom and gloom. How do I get out of this? And, and you're kind of, you know, the domino can't push itself over. It needs that kind of little bit of help, guidance, support, as you call it what you will, from an external source um, just to help us on our way, doesn't it? Absolutely. And so many of us, whilst we may have really good support networks in our friends and our families, that's it's really overwhelming for them as well. Um, and so to have something that you you share and that you all are aware of can be really, really beneficial because as you say, when, when you're at the bottom and you feel like you're drowning, it's really, really difficult to think of whatever it is that's gonna help you. Um, and, and certainly it's, you know, my experience that the help is out there, but it's really hard to find and it often comes with a very long waiting list. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's it's about, as you say, looking within and, and building that model so that it's there for you. Yeah. And, I mean, far be it to sort of to, to decry um, the medical profession as a general, as a generalisation, because, you know, some amazing work goes off. But I think it's fair to say whether you look at it, I mean, certainly in the UK where, um, where we're from, or I was from originally, um, whether it's a political statement, but there are huge challenges and particularly within the mental health sector. And I speak from personal experience there of having fought a crusade against what was pre-Victorian, is, is a pre-Victorian scenario with, with you know, and I stand by that statement um, because I've got the evidence to prove it. And it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to individuals. It's heartbreaking to, to families to know that the support and that's no fault of the the people that are uh, at the sharp end you know the the doctors the nurses it's the system the system is flawed but i mean we don't kind of you know we're not taking this into a some kind of party political broadcast but it's worth mentioning hannah isn't it in terms of well okay forget the politics but what do i do now what do i do for my son daughter for my husband wife family love member friend call it what you what do i do for myself help me and absolutely you know that's the cry isn't it um just on the three r's and this is you know i, I kind of like working in these um um <laughs> these um concrete models and uh, when you was going through the three r's there and i couldn't help but um, <laughs> please indulge me on this um adding two more r's in <laughs> 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 it's like, yeah, Paul, stop meddling. It's not your model. Um, <laughs> res respiration, the breathing. Yeah. And the rehydration, because I think a lot of, well, scientifically it's been proven, a lot of um, problems, inverted commas, can be caused by those two things that we uh, we take for granted. You know, do we drink enough water? Are we totally, you know... Um, hydrated the way we should be because that you know the knock-on effect for that and the breathing as well interesting that you mentioned the meditation and how you found that difficult Anna. and i want to kind of just uh, have a little dance with that one if we may in a moment so yeah i uh, hope you don't mind me sort of coming in with my two penneth worth there and say well 
you know, if that was Paul's model, that's what he would do. Well, actually, Paul, it's not your model, so thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> no, it's great, and and that this is this is the joy for me about models like this is that you can take them as a baseline and make them entirely your own. Yeah. Um, and and adding in those things, as you say, um, I am one person who, due to my anxiety and the the ease with which my panic is triggered. I do forget to breathe properly mm. and you know just taking a couple of minutes to breathe deeply you know really down into the belly and really breathe properly can make the world of difference but it's something that because we take it for granted it's so automatic we often don't do mm. and the other thing Anna which brings in something that I propound um, and from certainly from my own model of the world uh, which spans decades um, and I've, I've come from the backyard that you're alluding to um, very much so from a very early age uh, is that, do you know, life Life is very simple. But as we go through it, we create another layer of confusion and we create another layer of confusion. And then so we've got confusion on confusion and we just get overwhelmed. And it's like and this is the you know the kind of work that um, certainly i'm involved with in, in in peeling back the layers and revisiting so where did you get this label from then and where did you get this plaster who put this plaster on you that says x y or z and who put this on you and where did this come from and we take those layers off because i firmly embrace and it's way beyond a belief for me because it's it's so ingrained in me now that I don't have to think about it intellectually or rationalize it as a belief. It's beyond that. It's that kind of indefinable that life is a simple game because at our truest, simplest uh, form of ourself, capital S, all this other stuff is just that. It's just stuff that we cling to. It's a belief. It's an experience that we think shapes us. You know, I grew up believing I was a hard-hitting, hard-drinking Irish guy. Well, Paul, yes, you've got some connections from uh, the west coast of Ireland, but you're an English boy. But I created this whole story based on something that would given me, something would give me another paragraph, a metaphoric paragraph, somebody would give me another experience, and we create this whole story around our lives, don't we? Yeah, definitely. And... The thing I've learned over the last year is that you don't have to carry that with you. You can change yourself. You can get back to who you truly feel that you are and want to be. Yes. Um, and for me, that's manifested itself in the simplest of ways in terms of changing the clothes I wear yeah. and, and how I look. Yeah. Um, it's the little things like that that can really help to connect you back to yourself and and help you go through your day feeling much more connected much happier with who you are and who you're presenting to the world because it feels like the true self absolutely and that you know that was beautifully but powerfully put Anna. and that is you know i love what you said there you know just changing my clothes just simple things and people you know that people might say, "Well, what what difference does that make? Isn't that just putting a prob, uh, you know, putting a different plaster on, on the you know, on the problem that's underneath or the challenge that's underneath?" And it's not because it's about this whole. Hang on, I refuse to have that label or that identity that I previously had. 
you know and I've categorized mine and I don't know if this would help but I've actually given a name to that alter ego that was and I'll speak about myself and I'm not casting an aspersion in your direction at all so I'm totally embracing this responsibility about myself and my journey um, and this is not about me obviously but I think there's great learning in this that I was a victim I embraced the victim and hence I've gave, given my, and I often refer back, and there's no emotional attachment now. So I went on a, um, a podcast yesterday around non-duality and we really dug down deep around the graphic detail of when I sat there at 13 and a half with a razor blade over my left wrist ready to swipe and it would all be over in an isolated place. And there was no emotion attached to it at all. And people say, oh, it's incredibly brave. No, it's not. Because I think when you detach, Hannah, and write a different story, and I loved what you said earlier on about, you know, you journal and you can, you know, you can dump your thoughts on that paper. Because what you're doing there, I believe, is creating this, okay, all these thoughts, whatever they are, they belong to that particular character. Now, for me, that character was called Shufflefoot. Um, it's still called shuffle foot because in those moments of challenge as a human being that it's realizing that actually yes do you know what i am a human being i am fallible i do have vulnerabilities and and that's do you know what that's absolutely fine that is absolutely fine but it doesn't define who i am so when I get yeah. those moments of anger, frustration, vulnerability, call them what you will, all these labels that we pick up and that the experts say, well, you know, you don't really want to get angry. It's not good for you. Hmm. So what do you do then? Deny it because all that's going to do is fester. It, for me, it's yeah. about letting life happen through you. Let it pass. And we'll come to the meditation in a moment rather than to you letting it stick because when it sticks that's when it compounds and compounds and compounds and that's when we have our problems well what's your thoughts around any of that that i've just said uh Anna? that's it's really really interesting and it does resonate i think i'm still um i'm still on that journey and i'll be honest i don't like using that word but it is and it's a lot of hard work um, you know, on a daily basis, I'm having to actively put the work in to retain the new mindset, to tap into the three R's, connect with my vision, actively working at, actually, no, this is me and this is what I'm presenting to the world because it's really easy still for me. It still feels really raw and fresh and it's really easy to slip back into that mindset, that victim persona, that um, buried under the weight of all the labels. And, uh, you know, it, it's never going to be. There's no quick fix. Okay, it's never, it's never just, oh, take this pill and it will solve everything and resolve your mindset and you will go on to live whatever life. But whatever happens, you are always going to need to do this work if you want to stay well, if you want to change your life for the better. Yeah. And and that's what I'm really keen doesn't get lost because it, it's just it can feel really overwhelming, but mm. it doesn't need to. It's about taking baby steps. Yeah. Um, 
really, you know, whatever you can do every day, a tiny thing, even if it's just have that extra glass of water, Yeah. you know, take a minute for yourself. And, you know, massively respecting, Hannah, first and foremost, your courage um, to, to come on and share this story. I would, I would challenge in the most loving, compassionate way, very, very slightly, because this is not, you know, this is not a, a kind of debate. This is, this is a truly empathic session where, you know, the sensitivity is in place, the compassion, certainly the massive respect of, you know, guests generally, but particularly when I hear stories like this, because it's one I can resonate so, so, so strongly with. Um, I've clung to your every word, I really have. And from a loving, compassionate place, um, having trod those those steps and looking back on, you know, the learning I, I took from that, Hannah, I would actually venture now, this is a statement to myself, not a challenge to, to you or any other guest, but this is a statement to myself that actually, Paul, that, you know, that, that road, that... Uh, and I know you don't particularly like the word uh, journey, but let, let's kind of use it for the, you know, we're not going to get involved in semantics of words, but that journey is actually a lot easier than what we initially think. I suppose that's the benefit of reflection. Um, so I just offer that, um, Anna, as, as a modicum of hope to say, okay, and I think it's like when you're learning anything new for the first time, isn't it? You know, a new way of being. And certainly by definition, when you're pulling plasters off you, it hurts, you know, whether that's physically or, or metaphorically. You know, if you put a plaster on your arm and that, and then you all of a sudden, or your leg or whatever, and pull it off. And certainly with a guy, you know, myself, I've got quite a lot of body here. It pulls off your hairs out and it hurts. <laughs> So yeah, definitely. You know, um, but I love what you said, and totally for what it's worth, agree with this. A little bit at a time, because people say, "Well, you know, these little things don't really mean a lot." You know, my life is in such a mess. I need radical, big changes now. Um, my personal response to that, Anna, is, "What would it be like if you just had a little pebble in your shoe and you took that out? That would make a massive difference. Could you? You'd stop suffering just by taking a small little pebble out of your shoe." So never underestimate Absolutely. the power of small. Absolutely. Um, okay, well, as, as is the way, um, Anna, I um, always ask one big powerful question at the end by way of bringing things to a close. So I just want to park that for a moment, though, if I may, and ask you uh, to share with, with our listeners contact details, how people can reach out to find out more about you, that kind of thing. Yeah, lovely. So... Um, I've got a website, creatingmyjoy.com, and I'm on Facebook and Instagram at creatingmyjoy. Um, I'm currently working to turn my 100 Days blog into a book, and I hope that at some point in the near future that will be out in the world. Um, and also I just want to say that for me, part of my vision is to help support other people who have been through this and other similar um, transformation journeys um, and as part of that uh, I've, I've started a charity recently so you can have a look at our website and um, we'll be sharing some more information about what we're trying to do to support people with mental ill health um, so that is connectedhealth.org.uk 
Excellent. We uh, will speak more off air about that, um, Hannah. So thank you for sharing um, those details. They'll, um, they will be in the show notes as well for the benefit of the listeners. And all that remains now is for me to bring things to a conclusion by asking you the um, one big question. And, and obviously you've, you've shared some really powerful, sensitive um, insights there. And, uh, and my question to you is this, out of everything that you've been through, experienced, come to know, call it what you will, if you was to leave one piece of advice, guidance, message to our listeners, just one, what would that be? That is a great question. Um, my, my one message would be, you can do this. It is within you to do everything that you want to do. All you need to do is give yourself the space and the connection to find out what that is and to bring it to life. And that is, and you know what I love about responses like that, and I really do love those those kind of, they're so punchy, they're so concise, and they're so direct, but they're so true as well. Absolutely. So there we have it, listeners. Um, the lady Hannah Sterling from the UK sharing um, a great insights there showing immense courage as well to to um, you know to retread that journey and all that remains now is for me to say as I always do at this point remember no matter what you do in life always walk your path with heart hearts helping everyone achieve results towards success